like I love crystals, not in the sense that I think they're going to heal, but I just think they're pretty. Like yeah. I like they're pretty. I told Ash one time, I'm like, I would love to live in a house with like stained glass and crystals and plants like everywhere. And he's like, we're not doing that shit. So he's like got this thing against crystals. So he sent no. me this meme that had crystals all over someone's forehead. And it was like the hardest part of using healing crystals is dying when they don't fucking work. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast. I'm Addie Holzman. And I'm Haley Kava. We're friends, pelvic floor physical therapists, moms, and occasional hot messes who are here for real, uncensored conversations about all things pelvic health. And because our conversations are uncensored, they're likely not appropriate for little ears. Please remember our disclaimer. Although we both are licensed physical therapists, we are not your physical therapist. Yeah, anyways. And our content is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team for individualized advice, diagnoses, and treatment. Hold on. This is what you need to get, Ash. <laughs> what? Are those butt plugs? <laughs> oh my gosh. They have, actually, I might order one of these. Look. The butt plugs? No. They have crystal pelvic wands. I feel like these would be like, I feel like I like the the size of these kind of better. Like the way that that, like the end, like this end, like bigger, just like a little bigger, because I feel like a lot of times with the pointy pelvic wand, it's like, you're just stabbing a spot and it's hard to get like a good pressure. Yeah. On it. Yeah. That is one of my critiques too. Like it just feels so pointed and not... Mm-hmm. Like general, like, but have you seen that Kegel release curve? Mm-mm. So it looks scary. Um, they need to probably do some like editing on the way it looks, but it's a small Canadian company. It looks very BDSM, like it's metal and it's Oof. kind of that bald and the red and the black. Like that's intense. Well, and it's it's pink, but it's still kind oh, of it pink. It's still kind of intense, but like like if they advertise it for like perennial stretching and that kind of thing. And I and I think the design is good and it's kind of heavy. Like I've heard it's very heavy. So like you're getting that like weight, like a bit more weight that the pelvic wands don't really give you. But I remember being pregnant the first time being like, mm, no thanks. Do they have like a, instead of doing dilators where you have to like pull it out and then get a bigger one and put it in, do they have like a bladder oh. that you pump up? There's so one like, called the milli dilator that does that. I feel like that would be more comfortable and like yeah, it's really less... expensive, but I feel like that's a good a good business idea. <laughs> yeah, because it's softer, but mm-hmm. it also like has more of a gradual stretch without because a lot of those people like the sensation of something coming in and out is going to trigger yeah. their muscles to like guard. Yeah. But if you could just leave it in and pump it up, you know. So like this is just... the milli dilator, so it goes. This, is, this makes for good podcasting. Yeah. But it so then you can pump it up and then it expands, like the end part expands. Yeah, I feel like that would be so much better than a dilator kit. Right. I I very rarely prescribe dilators, even for my people who don't tolerate penetration. It just seems like a lot of time and a lot of effort. I can't imagine, especially being a mom, taking 20 minutes out of my day every single day to like get naked and 
lube something up and and shove it in there and just sit around right i don't know well that seems so like I, a lot of- I evaluated a couple months ago this young girl who you know and that's like the typical story of like always had some pain with tampons but could use tampons and um, was a dancer but then didn't have sex till she got married and hasn't been able to have sex with her partner that her doctor gave her dilators and she hadn't really used them because she was like i don't feel comfortable doing this mm-hmm. and she was comfortable with a pelvic floor assessment we did a pelvic floor assessment and she tolerated the pelvic floor assessment just fine so it it wasn't like a pure vaginismus like there's no way that something's going in it was more internal like deeper muscle response and then probably then a pain response and then guarding response and blah 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 blah. and so i feel like she probably would have been fine with a dilator right like she probably could have inserted the dilator and like been fine but i think that that is also discouraging it's like oh i can handle this dilator no problem but what's wrong why can't i tolerate my husband and so it's like we need to have a conversation about movement we need to kind of have a conversation about foreplay and arousal and pain sensitivity and also religious Mm -hmm. because i think there's probably a good amount of shame and that kind of stuff going on too Especially when you've, you're told your whole life that sex is dirty and bad and don't have sex before you get married. You live that, you and your partner decide not to do that. And now, snap of the fingers, now we have to be totally intimate and connected when that's maybe something that they've never, has never been a part of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's a hard so, turn. Like, that's where you need a sex therapist. That's like, that's not just a pelvic floor thing that's like a team that's a team approach this is not what we were supposed to talk about today. no it's good though like <laughs> and like it, i think purity yeah. culture and that kind of stuff is is really um a part of it and that doesn't mean that you can't if you if you choose not to have intercourse before you get married that's okay but we can still we don't need to be shamed about Um, exploring sexuality or understanding our vulva understanding pleasure pleasure and penetration aren't aren't mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. right so you could i don't don't know i'm i didn't grow up really religious so i don't know but like an orgasm doesn't require penetration dude didn't i ask you about the oh soaking soaking and like how that how the hell is that not considered sex like to be what you're just gonna because you're not thrusting you're not like it doesn't count as sex like what is that that's gotta be heard i had heard of that in college and i'm not gonna give any more college this is not a new thing no this is not a new thing oh my gosh i thought it was I thought it was one of those things that I was like out of touch because I'm like so old, you know? (laughs) No, no. I had never heard of it. And then I, yeah, I'm not going to say who I heard it from or whatever because they don't, they, I don't need to talk about their shit on here. But yeah, that was like a thing that they did with their partner because they didn't want it to be considered having not a virgin. Okay, so is there always more than two parties involved? No. 
Because on Urban Dictionary, it talks about other people bouncing the bed. Ew. Okay. So like, no, no. All right. So what is like the more tame version of so? I think it's just you just insert a penis into a vagina and you just leave it. Like you just sit and let it soak. Okay, for one, that would not cause a lot of soaking because if there's not a lot of action going on, it would be like called sandpapering yourself. It'd be called drying. (laughs) Literally horrible. Like, sounds horrible. I have a story about that. I've done that apparently because I didn't know it was a thing, (laughs) but like, I was well past like not being a virgin at this point. So, the intent behind it was not that. Um, But Ash and I, like, one time we were it, this is a long time ago like in college we were like wouldn't it be fun to just like fall asleep connected you know like let's try it we tried it that shit hurt when you get a uti that way you're gonna get an infection that way <laughs> like i think we woke up like a couple hours later and it literally was like peeling <laughs> It, it did not feel good to like wolves or something like the, the wolf penis swells up during intercourse and they get stuck to each other like wolves male and female wolves i did not know that i knew like i heard like pigs have like a spiral penis or something so like yeah. i would not recommend that strategy yeah. <laughs> that be- well so like yeah, I don't know. Like, what is the like doctrine on like heavy petting, <laughs> external touching? Is it like all no? It's all a no. I mean, it depends how conservative religions would be like nothing. I mean, some people can't even kiss before they get married. I can't imagine that, but mm-hmm. you know, good right. for you. But there's all kinds of definitions, I think, on virginity. Like, is oral sex? like sex because you're not penetrating or like anal sex i feel like is a big well that's um, how they get around yeah isn't sodomy isn't that considered sodomy no our world is full of really ironic situations the mental gymnastics to (laughs) yeah figure it out i don't know yeah i have no idea but like if you're equating virginity with like breaking the hymen which is dumb um not real then, yeah. <laughs> then like you know sex would get around that right right so you potentially still like bleed but so a popping a cherry right like or like yeah so like bleeding with intercourse the first time to me like that's is problematic yes <laughs> Yeah. Chances are, like in like olden days, like right when they're someone's they're making sure that there's blood with their make sure they're a virgin or whatever. Chances <sighs> are so the blood is because that person is getting hearing because they're probably not using lube. Well, they're not yeah, excited yeah. that it's that's like or that they their muscle like they're getting trigger warning raped at like 13 years old, probably. Right. The misogyny is real. Yeah. And so I love that visual of like the, the penis that's like a shriveled up hot dog. Like, oh, the more <laughs> you had too the many, penis, the too more it's going to shrivel up. Just like, oh, a woman's vagina is going to get all stretched out. But like, yeah, it's so, so interesting. And I think. But I believed that lie, like not in a like internalized sense, 
but like you heard it all the time like oh yeah they're loose whatever whatever and so then like from like the earliest stages of like sexuality you're thinking like oh i need to be tight 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 vagina tight vagina right what the fuck why is that the foundation of our understanding of relationships that makes me so angry because then with that it wasn't till last summer i think that was posted and i saw it it was a aha moment of like oh my gosh i now realize how incredibly stupid right that thought was like we we understand muscles we are muscle people we understand that the vaginal canal and vaginal wall and pelvic floor muscles are muscles and when we use them guess what they get stronger (laughs) that's right so like having sex and orgasms actually make it better make it stronger make it more responsive you know all of those things and so yeah it's such a but like I think I think like what I hope to impart upon my children is that when they're in like high school and some guy says a chick was loose that my kids are going to be the ones who are like or it means you have a small yeah (laughs) or your pencil (laughs) or you have a small penis like I love it I don't know I feel like I've had like a lot of personal growth the last couple years and like really diving into things that I never like gave effort to before and it was that moment that was one of them that I remember like oh my gosh like the patriarchy is real like that's a real thing like misogyny is real like we've been told this and it's been globally accepted that like the more you have sex the looser you get and then you're not pleasurable to your husband like that is such utter bullshit but like until you're married and then have sex all the time and then all of a sudden it doesn't matter and that's not then it's not an issue anymore once you're married what like it's still on that one it's still blows my mind mathin yeah yeah and then we wonder why we have issues right yeah oh my gosh it just makes me so angry Cool. Well, that was a cool convo about that we didn't intend to talk about with <laughs> dilators, pelvic wands, sex. We always like to talk about sex. And because of that, we created an entire sexual position guide that gives you lots of ideas on positioning, way to adjust positions. If you have a position that you used to like and now it's painful, we've got ideas for that in there. Um, all sorts of stuff about lube, wands all that kind of stuff. Um, and so check it out. If you check in the caption or the notes from the episode, you may find a discount code in there. Yeah. I just had a client today that I talked about that with, um, cause she has urinary retention after sex worse with, or after orgasming, like no leaking, just retention and i'm like mm-hmm. oh tightness like there's so much back arching probably um rib flares very athletic and so i was like oh we need to get oh that makes me balanced. that reminds me we need to do a whole episode on gym gasms core gasms is that a thing yes it's a thing i think it happens a lot in the crossfit community really with like glute ham raise like crunches or whatever those are called like on that big like crunch machine I feel like it happens there I feel like it happens with like med ball sit-ups 
for people or like so do you think people keep going until they orgasm or do you think they start stopping because they don't want to i don't know i'm not sure i've never had one (laughs) (laughs) neither have i damn it but i think it's related to like abs are contracting hard pelvic floor is contracting hard and then you know creates an orgasm i think you know is it necessarily bad or good i don't i don't know but i think it is like potentially related in the same family as like persistent genital arousal pgad um like that persistent arousal syndrome which is very painful and very difficult for or like very awful for people and so um yeah i feel like that would be a good a good episode we could do some some research on here's a question relating to orgasms what would you if you could only have one for the rest of your life would you rather have good orgasms i mean most orgasms are good let's be honest but or pooforia oh orgasms (laughs) so like i am still on the fence as to whether and i mean i mean my orgasms are decent like i'm not like that's not the problem but a good poop feels so good and satisfying so if the alternative was that you only ever had like diarrhea and like (laughs) messy to wipe poops ever again that would be tough that would be tough Mm, no no i'm i'm picking i'm picking orgasms over (laughs) like i never knew there was a word for it but apparently there's a book what's your poo telling you Mm. and they refer to it as pooforia the so your bowel movement stimulates your vagus nerve at the Mm. colon and so but you can also pass out like you can get the vagal like responsibly well that's i think why people like anal play because you you stimulate that yeah yeah and so um Anyway, I thought it was interesting there was a name for it, but I didn't realize that it stimulated the vagus nerve. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like why it feels good and like um, just like satisfying to like have a good poop. So anyway, um, yeah, we were going to talk about constipation and that would be... (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that you should... You knew this, but vacation should not be a thing because you should not be sitting there for more than 10 minutes no like 10 minutes is too long yeah for sure you want it under five yeah a couple minutes should be like enough but you know most of our uh husbands i feel like use it as a retreat anyway so um you can get more constipation like in your luteal phase of your cycle because of um progesterone and decreased like smooth muscle activity mm-hmm. so this last like cycle i'm lucky that we have a tiny toilet room so i have walls on both sides of me and then in the front is like another wall that i can reach i was literally and this isn't usually a problem for me i don't know what was going on but um i was like <laughs> like got my squatty potty i'm like doing my pelvis positioning and hip rotation like trying to like move the poop like down the track because it was like not come out and 
I'm like pushing my right knee into the wall for some like oh, yeah, max. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and then I'm like pushed in front of me, like posterior mediastinum expansion, like put my arms on yeah. the wall in front of me. Like, really. Breathe into your back. And that was the ticket. It was it's- like bloop. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people I think are always like so surprised is that you I talk about that kind of stuff like usually at the first appointment where I'm like if it's stuck play with this hip shifting or reach and feel your back expand or press into your knees and feel your back expand and yeah usually the they're like like, just try it I had like one time um you, you know like if you're right close to your outlet or either one but right one is more like lax it kind of like pushes like into it there right so like getting some right glute max to kind of push it towards the end (laughs) but it's amazing like what you can accomplish with some positioning in so what i always tell people is particularly pelvic pts i think they understand this more is that we have that anal rectal angle and they talk about anal rectal angle all the time bringing knees higher than hips helps to increase that anal rectal angle so now poop can come out straight but i'm saying that's sagittal plane understanding of it we have a frontal and transverse plane related to that anal rectal angle so if you're asymmetrical you might be getting like bringing your knees higher than your hips may only be addressing one plane of the anorectal angle issue, but hip shifting or side bending or breathing into different parts of your rib cage are going to address that triplanar anorectal angle issue and help you, you drop off the kids. <laughs> Where did that analogy ever come from? It's so I don't know. weird. It's like, it's so, I think it's like a nineties analogy. I feel like I remember that like as a kid (laughs) gosh, it's just like so yeah it's so funny um but yeah constipation so pooping is a form of detoxing estrogen Mm -hmm. um and so it's important to be regular but the term regular is very uh fluid like people can't decide on like what is regular is it daily is it three times a day is it three times a week like what is it um and I feel like three times a week is like not enough towards constipation. Not <laughs> like, enough. I say I how much you eat. Pooping at least once a day. That's usually what we like. We got to have one good one a day. Yeah. Cause you're taking in food. Like you need to get it out. Right. At um, least like we want, like if we can get more than one a day, great. And it should be, be like a log. Like you want to clear out um because if it's if it's really thin that could be like maybe your sphincter isn't relaxing all the way or um it it's not clearing out everything there could be like poop that gets left in the tube because it's not bulky enough to kind of clear everything with it but Mm -hmm. also if it's really sticky that could be a sign of not digesting fats well enough. Mm-hmm. Like like the ones that stick to the toilet. <laughs> the other week, my husband like hates potty talk, farting, like all of the fun things in life. He's like, ew, 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 ew. Well, anyway, so I had like a really sticky poop and it was during the blackout. So we didn't have electricity. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, and Ash is like, I didn't realize like it didn't flush. And Ash was like, did you mean to keep this in here just to like harass me? And I'm like, no, but I am now. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing that from now on. <laughs> Every time you piss me off, I'm going to leave a big shit in the toilet. It was like, I, it's just, he's so funny when it comes to that. Um, But yeah, so it could be a digestion thing if it's like super sticky. Mm -hmm. So and that's where it's cool to have like functional nutrition folks mm -hmm. on, on the team to like help people navigate all that. So also like sitting too long in the toilet can really increase the pressure going into the pelvic floor and so cut off your circulation. <laughs> yeah. So I get really bad numbness like yes. I can only sit on the toilet for like if it's more than three minutes uh my legs go completely numb yeah and it's always it's been like that as long as I can remember and that's a kind of your pudendal part of branch maybe potentially branches of pudendal nerve or what is um I feel like it's not my sciatic nerve but it's um oh my gosh I need to know this so it would, it could be sciatic so, though. I think it's, it's the pudendal. Because the sciatic, like you're sitting kind of on the toilet seat, like around, you know, like it's, um, your sit bones are like in the toilet. Mm -hmm. So the toilet seat would be wrapping around. I feel like though it's the, um, like where that pudendal nerve kind of like wraps around that sit bone uh, mm -hmm. on the front, like on the, like under the ischium or uh, you're thinking like in the there. front of like by so it's obturator foramen but then it's like all my whole legs too and like I'll sometimes lose sensation in my feet and I'm scared like I can't step and I'm feeling yeah. it takes me a while to get to that point like over 20 minutes which is usually not a thing yeah i'm looking at maybe it's sciat my sci maybe it's a sciatic nerve interesting it's funny that like it would be when i would be constipated which would be when i'd probably be more pc so what would be your top three recommendations for constipation drink enough water ha, that was one of mine too i have a feeling they all potentially add like minerals like magnesium or other like fiber uh, not fiber always i'm not yeah. a big more about because if you add fiber or bulk to a situation that is related to slow motility or i feel like pelvic floor that's just tight then you're gonna add more bulk to a situation that can't release it mm. you know so what, what I mean? would you say for people who are too because i have a, a i had a client this week who's postpartum so her pelvic floor has been stretched out you know like things are still working to get back where they need to be um but she equated her poop to the size of a pop can and she's having obviously like some rectus every time um they're historically bigger but this was like exceptionally big this time yeah that's i feel like the only way you're gonna build that much girth is yes you have laxity of that of that vaginal wall and and like rectum is now can expand okay but yeah. it's only gonna harden that big 
if it's not getting let out the bottom. So she goes every day. So it's paying attention to not ignoring your first sensation to go. So like you want to stimulate that gastrocolic reflex first thing in the morning. So what I will tell people is wake up, drink a glass of warm water and start your belly massage as soon as you wake up. That first feeling, the first inkling, like I got to poop, sit and poop. But I think mothers get this happens a lot because you deny those urges. Mm-hmm. When you deny your poop urges, your body reabsorbs all that water that's in that stool. And then it gets hard and it gets big. And then our pelvic floor, which is recovering from birth, goes, I'm scared and won't let it out yeah. until it has no choice. And then it's, you know, damaging. Yeah. So warm water, gut massage. Like warm lemon water first thing in the morning. How about coffee, then, though? Uh-huh. Like, because that's warm. But so it can also like irritate. You don't want that poop to come from irritation. You okay. want that poop to come from the gut, like from that mass movement or that gastrocolic reflex. Okay. Right. <clears throat> so, because caffeine just like stimulates contraction, which then your brain goes, okay, time to go. And, and if you don't have a nicely formed stool ready to go, it could be more irritating. So, so okay. yeah, you normally say warm lemon water with magnesium first thing in the morning and also before bed. Okay. Because okay. your body, if your body has lost sense of that turning of your guts, warm water going in there is going to help you feel that a bit more. It's going to give you a bit more interoception of like, is this turning or not? Okay. Um, and then stimulating that and then breathing in a way that supports your di- digestion. So we're not letting belly bulge out the front. We're not letting back stay tight. We're opening back. We're getting ribs down and we're supporting abdominal wall, which is going to massage your guts. Mm-hmm. So that was another one of mine is activity. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like rotation mm-hmm. and like kind of your arms. So like a walk or like even like just reaching or like getting on all fours and rotating can help mm-hmm. a lot. But I feel like I get more constipated when I eat more processed foods. That's oh, like yeah. My trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because they don't have the nutrients in it as much as like fresh fruits and vegetables and they're drier so they don't have as much water content mm-hmm. um but definitely yeah like processed foods can be pretty impactful um yeah lots up. of berries lots of fresh fruits and veggies like spinach nuts you know easy on the grains depending on how your body does with grains but like pears are a good one some people love chia seeds. Some people don't. Sometimes chia and flax are, are good sort of gentler bulk bulking agents. But I, I'm careful with the fiber recommendation because we don't want to create too much bulk that that person can't, can't process. Yeah. And there's a difference between like insoluble and soluble. So when you look <laughs> at the graphs of them, they have a lot of the same things. So Berries, fruits, vegetables, spinach, nuts are in both categories. You want some of both. 
but your insoluble fibers is going to be like your metamucil, like your psyllium husk fiber that that's going to build bulk. It's not going to break down. It's insoluble. It's going to stay in there until you, it exits. So like wheat, bran, those things are insoluble. So we just don't want to load you up with all sorts of insoluble fiber without giving you the soluble fiber as well. But again, when you look at look at the categories, there's a lot of foods that fall into both of those. And I think natural foods are going to have the perfect balance between soluble and insoluble, right? So for fruits, I think the example is like insoluble is kind of like the skin on the outside. Mm-hmm. And the soluble is the in, is the guts in, of the inner part of it. And so you're getting this optimal balance of soluble and insoluble um, from something like that. Yeah. Don't be full of shit. Start the new year off. (laughs) Water, swing your arms when you walk, breathe, squatty potty, drink warm water in the morning, magnesium, and you'll be the the most popular pooper. (laughs) Good deal. Know your bush. Love your bush. Share Share the bush bush you love. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You can communicate with Addie and I both in regards to the podcast questions, comments, concerns, topics that you want discussed on our podcast Facebook page, Don't Beat Around the Bush Podcast, as well as our email account, which is Don't Beat Around the Bush Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find our podcast on all the major podcast platforms. So please subscribe, comment, and share all the bushy love. It's probably pretty obvious that our episodes are edited and produced by Addie and myself. (laughs) And our music is provided by Blockhead.